one hypothetically speaking host, two hypothetically speaking hosts, three hypothetically speaking hosts. Ah, ah, ah. Welcome to hypothetically. <laughs> I'm not doing the voice anymore. Uh, that was the count from Sesame Street. I'm running out of ideas. Uh, this is hypothetically speaking. Um, it's a podcast where we talk about current events in the news, entertainment, and sports spheres. Um, I am Vaughn Jones, and I am joined today by my fabulous co hosts. I'm Kirsten Dorman, and I know this was like a friendly Sesame Street vampire, but. Truly, nothing scares me more as a journalist than counting <laughs> the number. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it, Kirsten. I, I think I'm in the same boat as you, and I'm, uh, I don't know if I'd call myself a journalist, really. Um, as a uh, you know, public policy guy, yeah, numbers kind of scare me, too. Uh, all my st- statistics-related classes have been fun. Anyways, I'm getting in karaoke. No numbers uh, for us. Um, how you guys doing? What's up? You're good. No numbers, only vibes. Uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, working back at the Bell. So having lots of fun doing that. They really want me to be a manager. And I said, no, no, no. Not worth the pay raise. No, it is not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good for you, Kirsten. On my side of things, it's just been... Figuring out a lot of the summer break, uh, yeah, and apparently my birthday's in a week, and uh, that like <laughs> that I yeah. uh, that's exciting. Uh, we had to do something special. Um, yeah. I, I I've been wandering. <laughs> Gemini, by the way. <laughs> oh, Gideon's gonna betray us somewhere down the line. Oh. Apparently. Um, <laughs> I've been uh, vibing through postgraduate life uh, because I work on weekends. My weeks are often very purposeless, so I've literally been doing nothing. Uh, but I did buy uh, playoff tickets to go see the Suns, so I will be seeing the Suns in person for the NBA playoffs for the first time in 11 years. Um, I've never been to a playoff game before except for the game where the Diamondbacks lost the 2017 uh, Divisional Series. Uh, so other than that, I've never been, but I'm excited to go um, and spend fourteen dollars on beer. Um, that's really the that's really the main excitement for all of this. Um, uh, apparently, it's not a full house, but they're increasing capacity a little bit, so it'll be nice to be around a bunch of other people um, because apparently the pandemic is over. So, <laughs> you know, um, canceled. Yeah, it's done now because we can all wear masks or choose not to. Apparently, um, I honestly think like. Not to uh, not to virtue signal or anything, but I honestly think I'm just going to keep wearing mine most of the time, especially if I'm sick. Like I would feel so much more comfortable like if I had like a common cold or something wearing a mask out in public, knowing I probably wouldn't get other people sick. That would just be so much better. Yeah, I actually talked to I was talking to a friend about this recently, and I, I said more or less the same thing. Like, I think in crowded spaces, I'm still probably going to wear one for a while just because I feel more comfortable doing that. And then also when I'm sick, I'm going to be wearing one and I hope other people do too, because as I've mentioned before, I think on this show, or at least on another one, I didn't get any colds this year. I didn't catch any kind of bug. Like the worst that happened was I got, I like got so exhausted and sleep deprived that I felt a little sick. 
Um, and that was on me 100%, but I, you know what I mean? Like since we've all started wearing masks, Hmm. I actually I, less sick. I cut a few bugs this year, some butterflies, worms, uh, the occasional caterpillar. Collection, uh, uh-huh. I, I see. All right. Yeah. The- <laughs> that didn't get the reaction I was anticipating. Speaking of bugs, let's talk about Arizona State Senate Republicans. That's a terrible transition. Oh, that is a horrible transition, Kirsten. Thank you so much. Uh, that is my story. So and, uh, let's try that again. And I'm backing up. You know, speaking of things that seem to constantly annoy the public, uh, how about the county audit, uh, anybody? So <laughs> anyways, on Tuesday, which is the 18th when we're recording this episode, Arizona State Senate Republicans are meeting to discuss the Maricopa County ballot audit, according to the Arizona Republic. They invited the County Board of Supervisors and other county leaders who have declined to show up or for further participate in the process at a public meeting on Monday, citing accusations made by GOP senators of them deleting or mishandling election materials. The state Senate, as of the time of this recording, is not planning on issuing subpoenas that would require county officials to show up or face the long arm of the law. Uh, as of right now, this audit is expected to continue into the summer with uh, no exact end date. So just a little update on this whole audit mess, which the, uh, to not get too into the weeds on it, I will tell you the Monday meeting of the County Board of Supervisors, which also included other county officials such as Stephen Richer, who is the county recorder, and Paul Penzone, who was the county sheriff, was a moment to say the least yeah Stephen richer is actually really mad um because of the the whole trump commentary he has his like little subscriber base email thing where he sends out like basically usually it's tweet length which i think is funny the emails that he sends out um but it's actually um like this one was actually much longer um he alleged that um the the county deleted the entire database and he alleged that there were ballots stolen and seals broken on ballot boxes and stuff like that and Stephen richer was like you are lying and you're also he used the word unhinged which is very online for our 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 friend Stephen richer um, it was just a very strange thing uh, to read that entire Trump email and just like, it, it just blows my mind how much weight like some tweets carry with people in the world. Like there's a whole thing about how like ballots have like bamboo on them or something like that. It's just, it's just it gets increasingly weirder and stranger. Um, and I just think it's dangerous to continue to platform people who continue to spread lies about this. I mean, there's been like from, from the New York times to the daily show, this is now a national item. Um, So this is a really, it's really interesting to see how much attention this gets and how much it's like expanding and how many more lies can be put in place and all this stuff. It's just like continually dangerous, Um, but hopefully it's over soon. Um, They had to take a pause from counting the ballots because (laughs) high school graduation ceremonies were being held at the Coliseum where they were holding and counting all the ballots. Um, so congratulations to the class of 2021. Yeah, it, 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 oh my goodness. Yeah, Vaughn, this, it's, I gotta say, it's not very fun to have Arizona be the laughing stock again. You know, as somebody we who- get the national news thing too much. We're, exactly. We're, leave us no, alone. Bonnie, you and I both grew up here. Like our state's long been the 
butt of so many jokes. Like it's basically our entire childhood being made fun of. Yeah, Kristen is from New Jersey, which never gets made fun of by anybody. So she wouldn't know what this is like. We had Chris Christie. Let's not forget, we had Chris Christie. We had what the the prank guys were. The Impractical Jokers. Oh, wait, those are from your state? Oh, my goodness. I think, they are, I think they're from New York, which is close enough. I, they, the, the Impractical Jokers are a light. Do not compare them to Chris Christie. The Impractical Jokers well, are, yeah. are, are, are a light for our society. The Jersey Shore. Sal Q, Murr, and the other one are... <laughs> are, are... Wait, wait, Sal Q, Murr, and the other one? Yeah, is it Joe? I think so. All right. I, I just I don't watch enough Impractical Jokers to know their names. Neither do I, but I, I don't know. I, if you do, I just came up with a great, great. I'm setting a reminder for on my phone for next week to open up and be like, welcome to Hypothetically Speaking. And today, Gideon's our big loser. <laughs> I'm going to fight you, Bob. I, I, I can easily find out where you live. You know this. punishment is that he has to read. watch when we're recording next week it'll actually be like you say that and then there's an ominous knock at the door it's gonna be there's gonna be it's gonna be us uh this week's gonna be impractical jokers next week or the next week's gonna be practical the week after is gonna be pawn stars Uh, i'm just gonna start like reading off just like horrible reality television shows uh, yeah. And doing the intro. Um, and honestly, that sometimes that is what watching Arizona state politics feels like. Yeah. It feels like I'm watching a really bad TLC show. <laughs> it, it does feel like that a lot of times, and uh, I'm not a big fan of it. And um, not we're not getting into the weeds on this one, and I didn't even put it on the news rundown. But the race for governor has already started. There's two mm-hmm. candidates who are up: State Treasurer Kimberly Yee and uh, Board of Regents member Karen T- Taylor Robeson uh, for the GOP, not both for the GOP nomination. So that's not. I can just heads up to everyone listening: it's not going to be fun. I'm not looking forward to the state primaries um, and general election in 2022 when all of our statewide officials are up yeah Mm. there's a lot of there's just going to be a lot of chaos um and there's actually i i did a a story on this for my place of employment that i love um i there they um there's a political analyst out here in arizona who said if you're a republican and you outwardly oppose the audit your chances of winning a very local like hyper local election are lower like you might still win your election uh, in the in the statewide sense, but if you're running for like a community position uh, with a heavily Republican community, you might lose if you outwardly oppose what's going on at the audit right now. Oh yeah, I, I would be surprised. Like if uh, for those of you who aren't too familiar from where I'm from, I don't talk much about this on this show. Um, I'm from Surprise, which is in the far West Valley, and it is a very heavily GOP part of the. The valley and state in fact it's one of the I'm, my state legislative district if I remember correctly is one of the most heavily GOP in the state and I, if you know my state senator who's David Livingston were to come out and start saying like uh, start denouncing the audit I don't see him surviving a primary like he would get trashed out of office pretty fast and this is a super 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 GOP right-wing district like you win the GOP nomination, that's the election. 
I, I'm interested to see, especially how the Republican Party's hand, Republican Party handles this election, and like I said, like whether they go all in on, on just what happened in the 2020 election, just being like further to the right in some senses. I'm interested to see how it works, um, but we won't know until next year, apparently. Uh, Kristen, you have our next story, which is a fun one. I do, and it's about something happening this year. So the organizers of New York City Pride's events have said that they are banning police and other law enforcement from marching in the annual parade this year and up until at least 2025. According to the Associated Press, they're also seeking to keep on-duty officers at least one city block away from the celebration and police officers are only to respond and re provide first response or protection when absolutely necessary and as mandated by the city. So in a statement, New York City Pride said that the sense of safety law enforcement is meant to foster can actually be threatening and even dangerous to those in the community who are often targeted with excessive force and or without reason. The statement also said that the group's unwillingness to contribute in any way to creating an atmosphere of fear or harm for members of the community played a big part in this decision. And in response, the Gay Officers Action League, or GOAL, has said that they were disheartened and called the decision a shameful, abrupt about-face in order to placate some of the activists in the community. And many of you will remember that last year was actually meant to mark the 50-year anniversary of the first few Pride marches, which were held in several cities in 1970, following the uprisings outside the Stonewall Inn in Manhattan in 1969. Writing for USA Today, John Bacon notes, as many others have, that some participants in the 2019 Queer Liberation March felt that Pride events were actually too heavily policed already and by the same department, specifically talking about in New York here, by the same department involved in the Stonewall Raid. The parade is set for June 27th this year, and the theme is The Fight Continues. NYC Pride has cited the pandemic, police brutality, the high murder rates of trans people of color specifically, economic hardships, climate disaster, voter disenfranchisement efforts, and our rights as a community being questioned as some of the inspirations behind this theme. Although the New York City Pride will not be allowed to hold such a large scale event without police presence, they have said that they will increase their budget for security and first response uh, independent from the city police department. So this has obviously been getting a variety of reactions. It depends really on who you are and what your kind of perspective is on BLM and ACAB and things like that more like more or less it kind of depends on what you think about that how you'll respond to this situation at least from the way that i see it people are reacting pretty predictably this is kind of a i don't know there's always i mean no cops of pride has been like a joke for very like a long time within the gay community and it's just like it's interesting to see that there is a whole like coalition of of the 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 gay officers action league there's a whole like league of of like gay police officers who are trying to make a stand and say that they should be able to be there um it, it's there's just a lot to that story like 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 you said i feel like it's getting a lot of different reactions but it feels like um 
I don't know. There's there's not a ton to say about that. It's just a really interesting story. Yeah, wait, I'm actually surprised. <laughs> wait, Kirsten, my my question is: so this is only this is only saying the officers can't participate in the parade as parade participants, but if they're there as say like private citizens, it's like whatever. I I'm not sure. I think I I saw something saying like if you're expressing support for like or if you're outwardly expressing that you are a, a member of law enforcement they don't want you there but I, I can't say that for sure um off the top of my head I can double check that as we kind yeah. of move on here I, I think they mostly were looking at it in terms of like a security standpoint but I yeah. like I you, they can't stop you from being there and expressing yourself as a as a private citizen so yeah I think no matter what your job is I think they just don't want you wearing like a, a police uniform, but I'll double check that and get back to you. Okay, you know, I was just wondering. Oh, and with that, I guess it seems like we've kind of exhausted the conversation there. We have, uh, so I got the next door, I kind of transitioned to the lighter topics today. Yes, I'm doing it for once. So a California woman may have washed her chance of winning a fortune down the drain, literally according to the Associated Press. The winning Super Lotto Plus ticket for the November 14th drawing was sold at an Arco AMPM convenience store in Norwalk outside of LA. Last Thursday, the 13th of May was the last day to redeem it and not a single person did so. However, the day before the deadline, according to in store employee at that AMPM, Esperanza Hernandez, a woman came into the store and said the ticket was in her pants and was destroyed in the laundry. And this is con uh, confirmed that she was sold a ticket at this store by uh, security tapes and everything. This is currently being investigated by California lottery officials. Uh, and yeah, this is very interesting. Um, is she it's gonna pretty get rare. The money? Is she gonna get the money? It seems like it's a toss up. Like, I guess we'll have to see, but it's pretty rare for like this kind of amount of money to just disappear. She got a, let me look at for, oh my goodness. It's on the other screen. The jackpot was a total of $26 million. Is she gonna, is she gonna get the money? <laughs> I would feel really bad if she didn't get the money. Honestly, if I were her, I, I would be screaming if I lost $26 million due to a laundry accident. Hmm. I can't even imagine, like, because it's, it's not even like regularly losing the lottery like you normally would. It's like you won and then it got ripped away. Oh. That's why you always yeah. check your pants pockets before doing the laundry. Mm hmm. I've lost oh, sorry, some folks. bombs that way. Uh, Kirsten, do you want to do uh, the Eurovision story first so we can transition from a light story to a light story? Yeah, yeah, actually. And um, to clarify, the, the statement said that law enforcement exhibitors will not be allowed to march. So I, I, I believe it's, uh, you know, if you're wearing your badge or your uniform or something along those lines, um, the, the way this is just the way that I'm interpreting it they wouldn't want you to march but if you were a police if you happen to be a police officer and you go just in normal clothes you'll probably be fine can they can they do that I don't know that um, sounds like a first amendment lawsuit 
<laughs> like it does uh we'll see how that pans out that's just the way that i'm interpreting it it might be that they intended something different um or that they'll enforce it differently but really we'll just have to wait until june 27th to see how that all shakes out yeah oh um, oh i forgot since we have to edit the since we have to edit the i'm putting music in uh this is the end of the new segment uh and now we're moving on to entertainment here's some music Wow, that was so wow. cool. Is it wasn't that music so awesome? Speaking of music, Kristen, very, very good. And you know, we're gonna talk about some music. So oh, let's go. Eurovision. Uh, Corey, I hope you're listening to this uh, somehow, some way, someday, because our our friend Corey Ball knows a lot about European music, and we're talking about how on Tuesday night, the night of this recording, actually, the first semifinal of Eurovision is going to begin. And I have, I'm very faithful that Corey will be watching. So shout out Corey. Um, the Lithuanian pop rock band, The Roop will kick things off with their song Discotheque. And there will be 16 acts in total in all. So they're gonna be performing to win 10 places in this Saturday's grand finale. A crowd of 3,500 people will be allowed into the arena where the performances are taking place, and all of them will have been tested ahead of time, according to the Associated Press. Uh, Montaigne, who's Australia's act, is the only performer who will unfortunately not be attending the event um, because of coronavirus restrictions, and they will instead participate with a recorded live performance. So European music fans rejoice. That sounds very really cool. I think this is the year that I get into Eurovision. I think yeah. this is the year. I've I've never done it, and I talked to Corey about it on one of my shows on Blaze this year, and he, the, Corey was just so passionate about it, and I was like, all right, time to maybe check this out. So I think now's the time. Yeah, no better time than the present, right? They're going no, to no. the semifinals. We're seeing the best of the best. Exactly. It's such a huge contest. It does take a quite a few rounds to get to this point so now now you've got now you've got the you know the kind of uh, weirder stuff filtered out now you got the best of the best in this round yeah so i guess i'll have to check it out i don't know i like experimental pop stuff i like bjork i'm interesting um so maybe i'll check out some of the earlier rounds as well um like i have a personality trait uh no uh just having good music taste is um Man. sorry everyone I, I like this is one of the few things i will admit because i generally don't like myself but one thing i will admit about myself i have fantastic taste in music like it's just so good okay vaughn does though i'm I, i'm sorry like i have to admit it i hate to sound cocky but i just have really good taste in it's music. almost it's like you were the music director of one of the best stations in the nation shout out blaze radio um i love you um, let's see. I have this next entertainment story. It's a bit more serious. Um, rapper T.I. and wife Tiny, who have a VH1 reality show, um, are currently under investigation in Los Angeles for sexual assault and drugging uh, and also accused of trafficking women. Um, a second woman, Rochelle Jenks, filed a police report with similar allegations in Las Vegas earlier this month to a previous uh, police report that was filed in March, according to her lawyer, Tyrone Blackburn. In March, Blackburn sent letters to authorities in California and Georgia, um, and also it's been accused in um, 
in different cities like Miami um, and Vegas as well, um, calling for an investigation into his client's claims, describing their allegations as an eerily similar pattern of events of sexual abuse, forced ingestion of illegal narcotics, kidnapping, terroristic threats, and false imprisonment. Um, VH1 has halted filming of their reality show, T.I. and Tiny Friends and Family Hustle, while the neighborhood, well, the network rather investigated the woman's claims. In a comment, a couple, the couple's lawyer, Steve Sadow, said they, uh, they had not been contacted by the LAPD or police in Las Vegas. So this is obviously still ongoing and probably will be ongoing for a while because of how long these investigations take. Um, but just so that you're in the know, because this is something I really did not know about until I really looked into entertainment news, but apparently it's been happening since March. So this is something that people don't, I mean, I haven't heard it, which is really, there's just a lot going on here. There yeah. yeah, Gideon, you go ahead. I... Uh, I don't have much to say apart from this is very horrifying allegations on the table and I hope they're thoroughly investigated and the truth is found and this is bad. Yeah, I, I can only hope that these women firstly get justice and secondly, get some mental health counseling and support, you know, them and their families or whoever is, you know, connected to them. That's, that's unimaginable. And, you know, another thing that kind of struck me as we were going through this story is how, like, first of all, that I didn't hear about this either. And second of all, so they were filming a reality show around these people for however long and they didn't I mean I'm sure they were like making efforts to hide what they were doing allegedly what they were allegedly doing but how did nobody pick up on any signs is what I want to know because uh, apparently like, some of these go back to I think one of the allegations is from 2005 and one of them is from 2010 so this has apparently been happening uninhibited for years yeah exactly I mean just it, it blows my mind that nobody thought if they did see something to speak of. I would agree. Um, hopefully, if this is true, then people responsible are brought to justice. It's just very strange to see like a, a, a public figure like T.I. attached to something like this. Um, so hopefully whatever happens, there is, you know, it's a positive justice filled resolution. Um, but let's let's do something a little light. Uh, Kirsten, you've got this last one. I do. So this is something a little more positive. So there is a short animated series that will present concepts of race, racism, and social justice coming to Disney Junior. It's called Rise Up, Sing Out, and it's uh, designed for children ages two to seven and their parents. So in a joint statement yesterday, Amir Questlove Thompson and Tariq Black Thought Trotter of The Roots released a joint statement on what? Tuesday. Are they responsible for this? So they are actually, um, here, let me double check exactly what their title is. They will have music featured in the show and yes. they're actually uh, executive producers alongside LaToya Raveneau. Raveneau. I, love, I love the roots. It looks like a, a French, it reminds me a little bit of like a French name because there's a lot of vowels in this. So I'm sorry if that's not pronounced correctly. It's beautiful. Um, I think it's Raveneau. Raveneau? Yes. Um, but so the, the two 
first people, Thompson and Trotter, they released a statement on Tuesday and said they hope these shorts will encourage the young audience to recognize and celebrate our differences as human beings while learning the tools to navigate real world issues of racial injustice. So good things there. And the show will be produced in collaboration with the studio behind Hair Love. And if you haven't seen Hair Love, go watch it. It, oh my gosh, like happy, happy tears. Just anyways, um, it's set to debut at some point this year on Disney Junior platforms, which will include the app, um, but a date hasn't been announced yet. So we're still waiting on that. I'm I'm tempted to watch it. Just I'm, this is gonna be it. awesome. I love the Roots. I love Questlove, and I love Black Thought. Black Thought is one of the best MCs ever, um, and he's a fantastic freestyler, by the way. Um, but I'm just really excited. Uh, this is gonna objectively be good, and I'm excited. I'm probably gonna have to consume this media. Um, one more quick entertainment story before we transfer out. Um, Bleachers, uh, Jack Antonoff, New Jersey legend. Jack Antonoff, um, they just released a new single literally today, um, and they also announced a tour today. So they're starting their tour in September in New Jersey, and they'll be in Arizona in October. Um, but Jack Antonoff is notable as a musician in Fun and Bleachers, and he also produced Lord's last album and Taylor Swift's last like four albums. Um, so he's more known as a producer than as a musician right now. Um, but Bleachers is good. Jack Antonoff's a good producer. So I'm excited to listen to the single uh, and maybe go to the show. Who knows? Um, oh, hold on. That's the end of entertainment. It's time for sports. And now it's time for some music. Okay, cool. Um, this is the sports segment. Nicole's not here today, obviously. Uh, we miss her greatly. She's on an airplane right now, but she'll be back next week. Um, she's jet-setting. Uh, so sports is me. It's my turn to talk for uninhibited amounts of time, um, which I already do. Um, the NBA play-in is set uh, Tuesday, is, which is today, Celtics, Wizards, and Pacers, Hornets. Wednesday is Lakers, Warriors, Grizzlies, and Spurs. The winner of Lakers, Warriors faces the Suns in the first round, and I am distraught and very upset. Um, I do not deserve this. I do not deserve to play LeBron in the first round. I do not deserve to play Steph Curry in the first round. Um, if the Suns get knocked out in the first round, you will not hear from me for several months. Um, I will go full on hermit mode. I will not tweet. I will not go. I, you will not hear from me if the Suns lose in the first round, and I'll be very upset. Um, I'll, but also, Monty Williams won the NBA Coaches Association Coach of the Year. Um, I love you, Monty. You are my father, um, and I respect you very much. Um Albert Pujols, uh, MLB legend, cleared waivers with the Angels and he signed with the Dodgers and everyone was kind of upset about it, but they all thought it was kind of funny. Um, Pujols was previously on a 10-year, $240 million contract with the Angels and he was in the last year of the contract and they had had enough. So they said no more and then they waived him. Uh, and then he's now making less than a million this year for the rest of this season with the Dodgers. How the mighty have fallen. Um, also a side note for the angels, Shohei Otani leads the majors in home runs and also has a 210 ERA as a starting pitcher because he's a crazy person uh, and is insane and is one of the best players in the league right now. Um, and now for our, 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 our highlight sports story of the day, um, more Bob Baffert. 
Medina spirit trainer and cancel culture advocate Bob Baffert was suspended from entering horses at New York racetracks this week, pending an investigation from Medina spirits failed drug test at the Kentucky Derby. He won't be allowed to enter horses at Belmont Park, Aqueduct racetrack or Saratoga Racecourse, or any of his horses uh, at the New York Racing Association's tracks anywhere. Um, this is big news because the winner of the Kentucky Derby won't be racing at the Belmont Stakes in a couple of weeks, which is the third leg of all of the important horses races um for the triple crown um but uh spirit had no chance of getting the triple crown because medina spirit didn't win the preakness probably because he was distracted by the swirling controversy sometimes it kind of gets to you um sorry to medina spirit um for being force-fed drugs by a weirdo um but yeah the horse didn't deserve this the baffert saga continues (laughs) it's so it's so it's so crazy this dude this dude, I, I'm being canceled because they're investigating me potentially drugging horses. My horse is a victim of cancel culture. Um, that's all the sports news I have. I didn't want to talk for too long because I know Nicole is missing today. Um, but that, that means that's the end. Um, right. I do have one more story because I knew the Medina spirit story reminded me of something. And I just found it because as we were talking, I was like, hmm. I can't quite remember. So recently, uh, as in within the past few weeks, there was also a story about a racing dog that was uh, found to have uh, what investigators called a particularly large amount of meth in their system. And the racing dog's name was Zipping Sarah. She won her race at the Addington in November last year. And the person who owns her, her owner, was caught she caught a four-month ban from i think from racing dogs as a result and that that's the last and oh and a thirty-five hundred dollar fine an abnormally large amount of meth (laughs) which to me in a dog is any amount yeah i would go with zero (laughs) zero meth is the normal amount of meth yeah, yeah, wait, I'm, I'm, I didn't, yeah, I, I'm with Vaughn, that phrasing got me, like an abnormally large amount of meth, I didn't realize having amphetamines in a, in a dog was Thank a you for thing. bringing this to my attention, I very You're much welcome. Um, and to be fair, the Greyhound Protection League spokesperson who was interviewed for the article that I'm reading, Emily Robertson, said the penalty isn't harsh enough, and I, I have to agree, four months when you've got like a lot of dogs in your care and when you've given at least one of them meth I mean (laughs) and apparently greyhound racing in New Zealand this says that it's only one of a few cases of meth doping what all right stop giving meth to your dogs actually I think that's my away from this episode yeah my yeah please don't give meth to your dogs that was Kirsten that was an excellent sports story that was excellent work it's about dogs racing and we did just talk about Medina spirit so I thought you know this reminded me you know zipping Sarah spirit the horse so much better uh and also spirits uh spirits companion is much better than bob baffert um i think that's it for the episode of hypothetically speaking uh if you've learned anything from today's episode uh don't cancel horses uh and don't give your dog meth 
Um, for Kirsten Dorman getting karaoke and our missing compatriot, Nicole Pinter, she'll be back next week. I've been Vaughn Jones. Um, just don't give your dog meth, dude. I uh, edited this week's episode and I edited all the episodes. Um, the song that we're using is called Study and Relax by Kevin McLeod. It's kind of one of those lo-fi hip-hop beats to relax and study to. Um, if you haven't already checked out our bonus features for this week, we do some BuzzFeed quizzes. Um, we use some Ariana Grande songs to determine our Zodiac sign. Uh, and we talk a little bit about Ariana Grande getting engaged. So, or married, rather. Wow, that's crazy. Um, so listen to our bonus features. Thanks for listening to Hypothetically Speaking. Um, and we'll catch you guys next week. Mm-hmm.